Hi guys, welcome back to the Max Spence Business Podcast. Today I have a very special guest. His name's John L. Uh, he's actually the owner of Farm to Fork, uh, a food delivery company. It's great having you on the show, John L. It's nice to be here, Max. Thanks for the opportunity. Awesome. So why don't we jump right into this? Uh, why don't we uh, do a little introduction about who you are, how did you sort of get into the food industry, uh, and sort of your background? My name is John L. Sloan, and I got into the food industry uh, when I kind of stumbled upon it, and uh, this was in early 2000. I was living in the U.S. before I moved here to Canada, and I was in, I, uh, I'll backtrack a little bit. So I was a, in my 20s, I was a music promoter. We threw raves and pretty big productions in California and Arizona, and uh, so Phoenix, L.A., and Seattle. And then I got out of that industry and didn't really know what to do at the time. Went back to school for two years. Got really bored of that and then a friend brought me down to a to a business he says oh i'm in this new business where we're selling meat door to door and i was like oh, I'm not, i don't want to sell meat door to door it's not really something i want to do and he goes no just come down just try it out i was like all right you know whatever and so we went down there and it just so turns out that my friend that or a guy that was the manager down there was an old friend from high school that we lost touch with that we were really good friends and He's like, oh, John L. I walked in there and we knew each other instantly, my friend Dallas. And so he said, oh, just come out with me today. I'll show you. I'm going to make $800 to $1,000 today, cash paid to that. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, right. You know, like, cool. So I went out with him and I watched him do that. And I was like, I was hooked. So I was in that industry for quite some time. And then I became a national sales trainer for I worked for two different companies. Well, I worked for a few different companies and then kind of found the, the bigger companies and became a national sales trainer for those companies. And we travel uh, from office to office sometime with the owner too. And then uh, I'm kind of summing this all up very quickly, but yeah, yeah, no. in two, yeah, yeah. 2010, the one business I was working for went out of business and I became an independent started making food. I mean, okay. cold storage. We were living in California. So and then we moved to Canada in 2010. And I didn't, uh, I couldn't work here legally until about 2013, 14. And so I had to go back in the field because I, I couldn't, I got here. I was like, oh, I can't get a job. I can't do anything. I don't have my work permit or anything. My wife's Canadian. I'm not. And so I went back in the field and traveled again working for some of the same, one of the one companies that I worked for that was very large and traveled all over a couple of years. In the meantime, I was working on trying to get my own similar business here in Canada because it had never been done the same way it was being done in the U.S. There was variations of it, but, and so we finally, when I got my work permit, I was able to get a job here. I applied for Gordon Food Service and beat out 200 different applicants and then my wife's like, okay, cool. You can stay here and work. And I was like, also, I, I came home and I was like, I don't, I don't want to go work for Gordon Food Service. I want to go back. I'm going to start my own business here doing that. I didn't know how. We had no money. We had nothing when we came to Canada. And uh, I said, I got a couple producers down there in the U.S. that have promised me that they're going to do export labels on product and be able to ship into Canada. So all I got to do is buy a truck and, you know, start going. And uh that really, I didn't know if that was going to happen or not. So went back in the field for another couple months. And then one of the producers called me out of uh, one of the brokers that brokers between that them and a plant in Chicago that produces for the majority of the 
businesses in the U.S. that do that business. They, uh, they produce a beef, a chicken, and a pork, and a seafood product, and different variations of that. And they called me and they said, hey, we're able to we're able to ship to the U.S. Just go line up a cold store. I mean, ship to Canada. So go line up a cold storage, and we'll get that meat shipped up there. You got to go get yourself a truck. So I was like, cool. Flew home. Where I was at, I, I can't remember. I was in Denver or somewhere else. I was like, oh, we got to go get a truck. How are we going to get a truck? I don't have any credit here. Like, your credit doesn't follow you. My wife's like, oh, I just got a Walmart credit card. We got a $2,000 limit. So I'm like, oh, well, let's just go see if I can go down to Nissan and get a truck. So I got a truck, convinced Nissan to put these uh, a unit in their freezer unit called made from Thermal King. They were making these really cool cold cubes at the time that ran off the inverter. Really cool setup. And had them put that in the financing, got the truck. Truck wasn't ready yet. Went back, worked in New York for a couple of weeks, which was right by the border. I had friends that in the same business. So I traveled back and forth. Truck was ready, came back, meat was shipped into cold storage by that, and we just started going door to door. And I was originally, it was another company called, we started out as Home Food Solutions. So we ran that as a door to door company and had a little website that we created for like 500 bucks and nothing fancy. It was just going door to door and, and, you know, basically, you know, without any kind of Facebook marketing or anything. I didn't know anything about e-commerce at the time at all. You know, I knew there was such thing, but I didn't know how to do it. I had no idea. And so uh, fast forward about 2000, this was 2013. By the end of 2013, uh, we came into wintertime. And this is my first actual real winter here. And I remember that year we had a thing called the polar vortex. And it was like negative 40 below. And I still had to work. I still had to go support my family. I wasn't really making a lot of money at the time. I was just making, it was a lot different kind of, uh, this different consumer here in Canada and how they, you know, what they, the receptiveness of door to door compared to the US when I was used to and the money I was making, but I still had to go out. So I went out, I remember I told my wife, I go, I'm gonna go out, it's okay. I'll go into businesses, I'll pitch businesses, owners, everything, you know, and I was there for literally about, uh, I was out for 20 minutes, came back in. I was like, I don't know what to do. I can't, there's no way. This is, this is crazy. And uh, so I was on Facebook at the time and I started, I had joined all these Facebook groups and like garage sale groups. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take pictures of my product. I'm going to put it on these Facebook groups. I'm going to tell them who we are. Uh, we had, a Facebook business page at the time, but I had nobody on there, like maybe a hundred people that liked our page. And, and uh, I just started posting our meat on the Facebook groups, garage sale groups. And it, and I posted this sale and it said polar vortex special. And it was like gangbusters. I sold some, I sold more, more meat that week, just posting on these, all these different garage sale groups. Like one, you know, you had Cornwall and Ottawa and Canada and, Manitech and you know everywhere else and and all the outlining areas from Ottawa and uh, I sold so much meat that it was like wow I'm onto something there's there's something to this so I just kept repetitively posting on those groups week in and week out this is who we are started driving people to our farm to fork Facebook page our business page started building that up fast forward a little bit that started to get built up um, we uh, I started posting the same sales on there too, started getting traction on there. In the meantime, uh, our, the whole progress of uh, the progression of our product line, everything, it was changing too. So our, the 
oil dropped out, right? I think it was in 2010 and then the dollar went flip-flop. The Canadian dollar used to be on par. Didn't make sense to export product anymore. Plus those products were terrible. They weren't good and it was just the means to the end to get the business started. And I wanted to sell a different kind of product anyway. So I took that product, brought it to a local guy in Smith Falls that ran a slaughterhouse. Said, hey, can you replicate this? He was so excited. He thought, that's cool. That's the coolest looking packaging and everything, that concept, this whole, you know, everything, individual boxes in a main box that you just take into the house and then take the boxes out and show it how it shows. I'm like, you know, yeah, it's a great, it, it, it shows perfectly for the door-to-door -door type meat sale setup, you know? So I uh, went to him, he started producing product. We outgrew him. I started going to where he was getting his products to a federal producer out in Green Valley, which is way out like Alexander area. Outgrew them. I got an invitation to meet with Derma Meats, which is in Toronto, Cisco. And they were just kind of starting. They only been around for a while, that plant. They had Cisco had bought that further process from there. Got with them, uh, drove out to Toronto, somehow convinced Cisco, which is a publicly traded company, to take on a little door to door guy. <laughs> Brought my products into a little boardroom and everything else. And they were like, cool, yeah, we can do this. What, what do you want? Like, here. And then they sent me home with a bunch of samples and and uh, we got the pricing together and the rest was kind of history and so we kept evolving and kept taking on bringing in new products new product lines uh working with other producers trying new things and uh fast forward i we i got away from posting on any of the garage sale groups and by this time we had our facebook group built up quite a bit and i was just doing for a long time up until 2017 we were just doing uh just our weekly, almost like a weekly flyer, an ad that people would say, see on our Facebook page that would have a these long laborious list of products and pictures and take pictures of new products and everything else. And people, we just use Messenger to coordinate deliveries. And, you know, 2017, 2018, like we did a, a ton of sales to the point where Facebook reached out to me when they came here. They did a fa uh, Facebook uh uh, it was a Facebook commerce type. They were doing a tour and we got picked as one of the businesses because they couldn't believe that we did the amount of revenue that I did with one person just using no website platform. Like my website did maybe at the time, like it was just more for informational did maybe like 10% of the sales on it. It was all done through messenger and they couldn't believe that I was doing no Facebook ads, no Google ads, just this Facebook messenger using, you know, that to set up all these deliveries and the sales and just managing that. So, um, Fast forward to we were at 2000, so it took me a while. I decided to build a new website. I'm like, I gotta get, I, I wanna, wanna scale this. You know, I wanna really get into e-commerce, like full board, Facebook ads, Google, uh, email marketing. You know, everything that you know is involved with that. And I, uh, we built a new website in 2019 with the company Venture Creative, which was one of the best things I could have done implemented all this sales software, uh, like automation software, nothing I knew nothing about at the time. And uh, this is where we're gonna come to the whole COVID thing too. And so I spent a ton of money out of pocket. Meanwhile, I have bootstrapped everything. I borrowed no money at all. I've never borrowed money to build to fund our business other than for the truck, you know, for a loan. And, but anything to, you know, marketing, anything else, buying equipment, overhead, anything like that, we never, I just use my own money. So I spent $20,000 on this website. I thought, wow, that's a lot of money for the website. Now I know that's really not that much money for a really nice quality website that's well done. 
the 8,000 that was like sales automation software that I didn't really know anything about, didn't know that I needed, got convinced to do, thank God I did. And we came into the first of the year, things were still, so I shifted the whole business to online, all Facebook ads, and um, didn't really know, the transition was weird too, because all of our customers are used to just that whole relationship where they could just message us and get what they wanted, and now really we changed the platform, so everything kind of died off there for a bit, and I was like, oh, I just spent all this money, Plus, I moved into a new facility. We were partnered with Northern Shopper, which is a company where we ship our products through them up to Nineveh. We service about 10 communities up there. And uh, we moved into a new our own facility, so that was costing more, too. And then COVID hit, and thank God that I did. And we had all these systems in place, and we were able to scale very, very quickly from our producers to our you know, producing product to our website, the way it functioned. So I was able to run everything off the phone and I still am just from all there, you know, from, uh, from just the, the different systems that we have in place. So that's kind of everything from the beginning up to now. That's in a nutshell, there's a lot more things involved and a lot more challenges that happen yeah, between there. Heartache and terrible stuff, stuff that happened and you know, money I spent that I got ripped off on websites and, freezers and I mean we're talking a lot of money so but you know that's those are things business owners go through and oftentimes when you step out and you don't speak the language of certain things that you need in certain businesses and they do you get taken and you can get advantage of you know unfortunately so but that's here nor there it didn't matter at this point you know so yeah that, 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 that's so, that, that's a lot to unpack that's, that's absolutely that's absolutely incredible that that's a that's a crazy so, story <laughs> I, yeah. I, I had a so it's yeah we started with, i mean i came to canada with nothing and just kind of what's that yeah no i, I was just saying I, I had a few questions at the beginning there but it was just as you explained more of the story it got more interesting i was like there's just more more questions to ask um i figured i'd just roll with it that would kind of give you a background yeah, yeah for, for, go for ahead sure. shoot yeah, uh, so I, I would like to take it back to actually the beginning. So just to sort of recover, so you're doing music promotion in the U.S. Um, and then you started, then you got into door-to-door -door sales. Uh, I, I sort of want to talk to you about door-to-door yeah. -door sales because um, I know in Canada, not many people actually do door-to-door -door as, uh, as, as well, like you're previously saying, it's like you, it was like a different interaction than the U.S. Do, do people do a lot more door-to-door -door in the U.S. than they have you oh yeah there's guys that i have friends in facebook that they transitioned out of the meat business now they're doing roofs and selling roofing in florida and stuff these guys are making like multi six figures like i mean yeah six figures so like guys are doing really well like yeah it's just a whole different ball game there's the population there's the money there's the receptiveness of that their u.s consumers seem to be more receptive of those kind of things and than canadian consumers and I don't yeah. really know yeah. why that is. I have my own thoughts about that, but I don't really know why that is. So, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I, 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 yeah, because like um, I, I, I did door to door for a bit, and it's uh, yeah, it's 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 completely different than anything else. It's it's completely different than any other like sales job you'll ever do. Uh, it's like going into very cold leads. So, what what are your sort of thoughts? I I still think it's like a really good idea to build your sales, uh, you know, sales skills like the core sales sales skills and ability. Uh, do you yeah. think, what are your sort of thoughts on it? Do, do you think uh, like uh, if somebody's wanting to go into sales and marketing or something uh, that they should? Oh, I think I think that would be the best thing to do is get your foot feet wet. It's going to door to door sales because 
that's going to toughen you up, man. That gives you the tough skin. <laughs> so that gives you, you can get that kind of rejection at the door and go into a cold lead and knock on somebody's door in their private space and get in their door and engage a conversation and then have create a transaction, you know, and, and, you know, create a sale out of that. Like that's a, that's not an easy thing to do, you know? Yeah. It's really yeah. not, you know? So yeah. I, 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 I would suggest anybody that wants to get into sales, I suggest they do that first because anything, if you do that for a while, then you get into another like order taker sales job that I call them, like working for different companies where you're giving like accounts and you just go service those accounts. Totally different, you know? So yeah, I, I, I agree with that as well. It's, 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 it's much different. Like you said, it's like, and you have to be very good at uh, communication skills with communicating to that client and you know convincing them of why they should take your product over somebody else's product so uh, I, I sort of want to yeah. to actually so they have to like you right away like it has to be let me interject it has to be somebody it, it's not just the communication skills they have to like you you have to find something you have in common with them like right away that's what i've always found like that that's more a part of everything because then instantly you create a comfort level with them that is not there as if you're just giving them information and here's my information and here's my, you know, it's like, we call that in the business, we used to call that dropping your pants. So it's like telling them everything before you even, you know, you don't do that, you know, yeah. that the sale is a very, with a door to door sale, the sale portion is such a small part of it than the actual conversation that you have with people, you know, like that's, that's the bigger part of it, you know, that I find anyways, that was yeah. great success in that arena, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that as well. Um, yeah, it's it's pe people want to sell to they, they want to sell to their well, well they want to buy from their friends, right? Like they want to buy from people that they like. You know, just because you have information doesn't mean unless you're the yeah. only you know product in the market that somebody really needs, then you know they'll go to you. But usually in those instances, they of they course, work. yeah. So uh, actually, jumping to so, so you did door to door sales for a bit, then you became a national sales manager, then you uh, in sort of meat industry. So it sort of seems like you sort of just sort of fell into the meat industry and then sort of found a, a passion for it and a love for uh, everything around it. it, is, it so I, I sort of want to talk about that. Is, is that sort of how you sort of found your passion or was there other things that you were sort of interested in? I, I, I wouldn't, it's a passion in the sense because I've always had a passion for, it doesn't matter what kind of product it is, for things that are niche market. Like that's our business now. It's very niche market. I call it top of the funnel. We're not trying to keep compete at the bottom of the funnel with businesses like a Walmart or grocery store. We're trying to carry, we, we don't try, we carry products that are niche market, meaning like stuff that you can't, products that you can't go into the grocery store and find, or you can find on a very limited, excuse me, a very limited basis. And those are the products that we want to carry. We want to market and we want to provide transparency around and provide education around them at the same time, you know, to where it gets customers excited to why you'd want to use this product over something in the other. Why do you want to use our chicken breast over the chicken breast in the store? What makes it different? Most people don't know. In a lot of the grocery stores and other retailers, they don't provide a lot of transparency when it comes to that because they're just pushing price. And, you know, so I've always been interested in products that are, you know, where there's some sort of more than just they're producing the product to create the lowest cost for that product, right? Whether it's agriculture or a car or a piece of clothing or, you know, so I'm interested in products that really have some sort of 
uh, where it's more of an artisan type feel that goes into it. There's time that's spent in, there's craftsmanship that's involved with that also. Oh, so okay, like yeah. that's, so that's, that's where my passion were just in general with my own business. That's where I found my niche and that's how our company has evolved into that to what it is now and continues to always evolve. Like it's been an evolution of where we came from to where we are now. Like it started out before I just wanted to sell meat and make money. And you know, yes, I wanted quality products, but now it's become where those things are so dialed in and all the other things that go along with it, like the transparency, the education, the the packaging, down to the packaging, down to the branding, down to everything that goes along with that is important to me. So, you know, I have a I have a passion in general for sales and I really like I love e-commerce and I love the evolution of that and I think we're just at the beginning of it especially in Canada you know where like that's and I don't even and even in the US I think there's things that are going to come down the chute with software and things you can do with e-commerce and the way people are sold and marketed to is just I think we're just in the beginning I mean you look at a lot of these systems and how like Google operates and ads and they're kind of not they're functional and they serve their purpose but there, there's going to be so many other things that are going to be involved with that with AI and everything else that I'm look I'm studying that, you know, it's going to basically to where, how people are going to be marketed to in the future and how they're, we're going to consume products and the uh, functionality of that and the, uh, how easy it is going to be. I mean, you look at Amazon, like when you go in there and you order stuff and it's just like, you know, there's the slide button you just buy, you know, it's, it's just easy, you know? So, and I think because of COVID, uh, well, I know because of COVID, all that behavior has changed and that's being tracked. And all these businesses have been tracking that from that data from the beginning, like really heavy data laden things, you know, data laden, you know, type metrics. And, and they're trying to transition and pivot their own business. They were already wanting to do that. And already, I think we're already tracking up. And now it's really become serious, right? You know, that something like this can happen and shift everything just like that, you know? So yeah, that's uh you know, and in that show, that's been my, that's just kind of my passion in general to where, you know, I'm just, I'm always been interested in things that are like the craftsmanship things or, wow, that piece, that shirt's awesome because look at the fabric, look at the color. You can tell just right off the bat by looking at it, you know, like that, that wasn't just, that's not something you go buy at Walmart, you know, so, and the branding involved with it and everything else, you know, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's where I've, I've brought that all into my own business and how we operate farm to fork and what separates us, I believe, from other businesses that are in the same place. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, actually let's jump into that. So, so the creation of the, you know, farm to fork, uh, so did, you said that, did you, so, um, you tried door to door and it wasn't as good. Uh, so that sort of pushed, like it wasn't as good as the U S so that pushed you to go into sort of e-commerce with the Facebook and doing the messaging system like that, right? Yeah, that yeah. was, well, that was, it wasn't, it was more of just to add a necessity because the weather and I had never tried that out before and it was just kind of a hunch like, hey, let me just do this. Like I gotta, you know, when you're, when you're, a, when you know how to hustle, you gotta find ways to make it happen regardless, you know, yeah. it, it came down to where that, that moment, I need to make money this week because I still need to pay my bills. So I'm going to try this. I don't know if it's going to work and it worked. And that's just kind of where the light bulb went off. And I thought, okay, I need to build on this. I need to figure this out and I need to keep getting, I need to keep finding 
finding people that know more than I do and pick their brain or pay them to do these things, you know? So, yeah. you know, and constantly keep evolving that and, and start listening to podcasts and things like that. Guys are, you know, it's like, I'm always, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I never will be. And, and, uh, but I always try to get myself in the room where the smartest people are, whether I'm listening to something that I don't even understand, like a podcast, like listen to a lot of Silicon Valley guys that are e-commerce, like, like, you know, that do all big, huge, like hundred million dollar companies and stuff like that. And just listen to them and things come up and I'm like, Oh, I don't know what that means. Let me get on Google. And you know, it's like, you know, cool. We live in a day and age where you can find out anything. If you really want to really want to learn, you can find it out. You don't need to go to school for that. Like at all anymore. Yeah. Like that's a joke, but to go to a university and pay somebody to do, you know, specialized things you have to, but things with sales and business, I don't think you have to do that anymore. I think you can find all that stuff anywhere, you know, online. So, so yeah, yeah that was the transition. It was just kind yeah. of fell into it and it just, just keeps evolving, you know, and I keep trying new things and hearing new things. And then now we have a team where I contract our stuff out and I bring it to their attention and I have them look it up and then we like, cool. Yeah, this would work this will be cool. Like we have meetings every Monday and we're always brainstorming on stuff to, to keep, you know, to have the business be more, be more automated. Like everything's about automation now to where if I can take this and put this here, some sort of software or app or functionality or code, something into the website and it creates more time or more functionality or a better customer experience. We're all for it. You know, long as it will work within our budget and we can do that. And, you know, and as we grow, we put that's that money back and it can keep doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I want to ask you, so what, what do you think made you so successful in the sort of food, well, meat industry? Uh, Cause I, I know it's like uh, from what, you know, I've seen at grocery stores, I, I, I don't think there's many people that are doing exactly what you're doing with the high niche uh, level and very like deliver to door service. But um, what, what do you think made you successful? Cause I, I, I do think it, I, I'm not too sure, hundred percent, hundred percent sure, but I, I do think that it's uh it's probably an oversaturated market right now with, you know, how many people can get into doing this. So how, how did you actually make, how would you sort of differ yourself from the pack and make yourself sort of successful? Uh, one, we have better systems in play too. We've been doing this for a while. So we always, I always strive or always strive to have the best customer service possible. And we have a lot of good reviews and we have a lot of good social proof too. And that, that's, that plays in a big factor when people are looking online for companies that they're looking for organic meats or, you know, better quality meats to get a Costco instead of buying mechanically tenderized Costco meat. They want aged beef. They're looking for, you know, like a dry aged or aged or, you know, they're looking for meats that has transparency. You know, everybody's looking for something different. We kind of have, brought that all under one umbrella, I, I believe, and all our different collections on our website, they kind of cross over too. So I think that's where a lot of it, where we attract new customers, like we have a 70%, like we just went through this for our team because I had a couple of companies that were looking at us that might want to acquire us. I don't think we're there yet, but we're starting to get that attention. And, and one of the things that I noticed that was like such a good metric was that we have a 70% retention rate for customers. Most businesses don't like most customers, most businesses are like, so, uh, you know, they get all this money, they, they raise capital, they pump it and put it all into marketing. They lose money on customer acquisition, <laughs> like build about the third or fourth customer. They hope the customer is going to stick around and it's just like a race to the bottom model. And I thought, you know, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I thought like when I first got online and started doing, I, was, I wanted to emulate all those meal kit companies and everything. 
you know, the good foods and the HelloFreshes and the way they operate. And I'm like, you know, that's, I can't compete with that. So I have to focus on what I can do. And we have a, we're a top of the funnel business. We're niche market. Uh, we stopped running sales, attracted whole new customers. COVID was great because it allowed us to, to do that and bring all these new people in the fold that have continued to buy too, which is great. They see we have a full price product. We're more expensive than some others, but I know our products are better. I can guarantee that because I know who these companies use. I know what I've done my research. I know what processors they use. I know where they're sourcing meat. And, you know, we, I don't care. Like if we're going to have, we want to have the best product possible because I want the customer to have the best experience possible 99% of the time or, you know, so that way down to the packaging, the quality, uh, the service. And that way we can charge what we want to charge, you know, and we're less expensive some, more expensive the other, you know, we're more expensive the store. We're not trying to compete with the store. I don't want to, you know, we're, we're clear about that. You know, why we're different than the store from our marketing to our website, to when the customer gets the product, to the packaging, to the quality and the feedback we get, you know, so, you know, that's where I think we differentiate, differentiate like us from <laughs> the different uh, different companies in the space and you know and when people reach out to us and they're like hey so why would I buy from you from the store I'm like well we're more expensive I tell people about that we're more expensive are you cheaper than the store are you what what's your price compared to the store I said our prices are more expensive like that's the first thing I tell people like we're not trying to compete with the store we're different here's why you know and then I list you know here's our producer packer page here's the value system of the meat here's you know here's all our how our products are packaged portioned so those are those are the things that right off the bat that i know are going to keep it long as we're the grocery stores don't start doing this or somebody comes in that space and starts doing the same thing we're doing we're going to continue i think to be successful and and i don't think that the stores will do that kind of stuff because i think it's just there it, a lot of those models i think they try but they most of the products that they come out with that are similar don't do very well. I notice because I see different product lines from different producers and I know where they come from. I know, they, you know, it's like a, there's a certain, they put a marketing term on it. This is such and such beef. And I know where it came from. It came from a BBS plant. It's coming through this producer and they put it in the store and it doesn't do well. The reason being is because people are, most people are going to the store are not, they're buying lowest common, they want the lowest price possible. Like, and then they're going to shop different places to get that. That's not the customer we're going for. But there's a lot of customers out there that that's not as important to them. The service is important, getting the delivery service that goes along with delivery, the quality of the products, the packaging, you know, and how that all functions. So that's more, that's, you know, their value system, what they want. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with you as, uh, as well with that is that, yeah, it's, 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 it's different from buying a Toyota, you know, Camry and, and between, you know, buying a Toyota Camry and buying a Porsche, the service is completely different with it. Right. Of course. And, yeah. And, you would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to sort of talk about that a bit more. So yeah, you, 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 you focused on, um, you know, going to the high end of the market uh, and focusing more on service with the packaging. Like you said, you're differentiating, differentiating yourself with the packaging uh, and the quality cuts of meat that you do. Uh, what made you go to the high, uh, like in the U.S. when you're doing door to door? What was it high level, uh, like you know, high end meat, or is uh, when you came here you sort of saw that there was no that meat was terrible. <laughs> no, that that meat was just that that whole business in the U.S. that's door to door meat business is all 
buy low, sell high, convince people to, there was a very, there was a big deception. I didn't sell that way, but a lot of guys do. Like, so typically what this is like, this is how this works in a nutshell. So you would, you go to the office and you work for a company, you get hired, you go in the morning, they give you a truck, they charge you $30 a day for the truck. I never had to pay for the truck because I did numbers. So I told them like, listen, I'm like, I'm not going to pay your truck fee. And they load you up with product out of the freezer. You go sell the product, you come back that night and you pay for the product, but they give you a brochure or some guys make their own brochure and say, you're buying that beef pack, that bundle for a hundred bucks. They, they're all set up the same. Everything's portion control, vacuum sealed, every pack's the same. There's no differentiating. And say so you bought that for a hundred bucks, you get in the door and you're trying to market up to like three or 400, like guys do. Like I never sold like that. I sold more volume because I always felt bad too, because I knew our product was not good product. Like, and those products are, see in that industry, the reason why there's these big plants in Chicago, for the most part, there's only three or four that you produce these, the, this, that type of product. It's called the six pack, six pack beef, pork, chicken, and uh, they have a seafood one. And the reason why those companies love the, the door-to-door meat business is because they take all their fall off products. So when a big plant produces, they have a contract, say with Denny's restaurants in the States, uh, they don't really have those here or they have, they're massive there or Subway or one of these other big producers where they're producing or Walmart, those little steaks you see at Walmart, you don't really see them here that are like mechanically tenderized and portioned and are in the frozen bin. <laughs> they, they like those companies because they have to buy all this box beef and whatever's the fall off that comes off of that, that goes into these pretty little molds and, and for the six pack business. And it's all this like fall off product that they make look real pretty with the packaging and the colorful color boxes and everything else. So no, that product was terrible. It was, I always felt bad selling it. It was just kind of a means to the end, you know? And it's like, as I evolved, you know, first it was just about money and I didn't really care. I mean, I wasn't deceptive in my sales practice, but I do things that other guys did, but the, uh, I knew it wasn't good product. I didn't present it as such. I just presented it as these are steaks. They, this is what steak costs in the store. And, you know, steaks normally cost this in the store. Do you agree with that? Yes, we do. Okay. So we're offering this for this. Or you would say buy one, get one because your brochure would say $400, even though you bought that case for a hundred. So you could sell a chicken and a beef pack for 200. So, I mean, you're buying, you're paying 200, you sell for 400. There you me $200 cash at the door. So when I got into, I knew I had been in that business for so long. And when I came here and I wanted to transition, I, my whole goal was to sell better product and evolve and prove that you could do that. And that you didn't have to do, you didn't have to have an inferior product that you bought for nothing and sell for high. And you know, all that did was just burn out neighborhoods. Like, so you'd go into a neighborhood, like there was, if that business would have been done correctly in the first place a long time ago when it started in the late 80s, like these guys would be, those guys were multimillionaires for a long time. All that stuff, it all dies. circle, And you just burn out neighborhoods and you attract a lot of guys that are, have all sorts of problems because it's a very kind of deceptive cash on hands business. So the, uh, so if it would have been done correctly in the first place, those guys would be multi multi-millionaires and they would have these neighborhoods would be a whole industry. And then it would have been able to transition online too, you know, which a lot of companies are doing stuff in that space. And I follow like the crowd panels and the butcher boxes and a couple other smaller companies too. 
And then you have all the meal kit companies and you have like Cardivore Club and things like that, like off things that are still related to me for e-commerce that are doing very well. Like, you know, ButcherBox and CrowdCal do like they're massive companies and do really well. Like that's how I kind of modeled my, like when we were first starting our website, I kind of modeled or I really followed them and really did a lot of investigation on how they run their company and how they're set up and looked at their marketing. And I still look at it every day and all their posts and, and because I like what they do, you know, I think they're progressive and they continue to evolve. So, you know, that's where we want to be. We want to be on that kind of level. I mean, right now we're operating in Ottawa and surrounding areas. We go to Montreal once a week and then we ship up the Nineveh. My next goal is to open in Toronto because a lot of our producers are like, we're our further processors that package all our meat. They're all in the Toronto area. There's nobody here in Ottawa that has like a massive further processing plant that can cut and package anything to scale. Like, you know, so that gets back to where a lot of these companies that are in the same space here in Ottawa, they're not really doing anything with any of these bigger processors that can create product, consistency of product, um, how it performs from one pound of ground beef to the next could be different. It, we know our, ours are consistent constantly to the packaging, to the sizing and everything else. So that's where I find a lot of feedback where there's even during COVID there's been, you know, people have used other companies and then they've used ours and they've stuck with us. They're like, yeah, we use this other company. We're trying you out. And then the next order I go there and they're like, you know, we're going to stay with you. Like we, you're, you know, the way you're from the ordering process to the delivery is just so smooth, so functional. The, the meat is so, is better. The packaging is better. You know, the service is better. So that's that that's awesome that, that's absolutely incredible um yeah that, that, that's amazing and there's a few things i want to say is like I, I really love your brand farm to fork like that's such a strong uh name that you can use for like your branding and everything like that like it's uh like it's 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 a great name for your brand and it flows so simply um and then also like you were saying before is making that and i think that's really the best and i i look at shopify for e-commerce and how they made um the website building process so seamless and so easy for consumers yeah. that they could yeah. just jump on and go use it uh right, right now i'm building my my own website and using wordpress and to be honest wordpress is it's it's pretty difficult because it's a lot of different stuff like yeah you can do a lot more with it uh but it's a little bit more difficult it takes time to learn it whereas when i use shopify for a previous uh sort of business um you can just jump on it and just boom just start going with it well that's where so there's two different like you know we have a um we have a WooCommerce WordPress website, but to have a really good WordPress WooCommerce website, you re you got to have somebody that really knows what they're doing and really understands WooCommerce and WordPress. Like, you know, it's like they got to be a top notch mechanic that would, you, know, you can't have somebody that's not, that not to work on your Ferrari that like, it, I consider them to be like a Ferrari, but you, there's so many different parts that you have to do. Like Shopify is more like just out of the box, a lot, anybody can do it, which is great. It's seamless. Like, so for anybody that wants to jump into the e-commerce, Shopify is great, but just to get started and get going and get your feet wet, you know, and I would suggest that, you know, but anybody that really wants to get out of the, you know, they have a plan in place and they're working with a good team and that team really has an understanding of how that works and how WooCommerce works. I think there's so much more that you can do with the WooCommerce and WordPress website. That's why I decided to go with that. And, you know, the company I hired, they were like, well, you can do this with Shopify or you can do this with, with WooCommerce and, and, you know, your WordPress. I thought, okay, well, I want to do this, you know, and I don't, and there's other reasons why I don't use Shopify too, 
but I won't get into that. But the, uh, you know, I'm glad that we didn't go with the Shopify website. I'm glad we went with just because of the intricacies of our website and how it functions and the other yeah. software that we have integrated into there that we use, like Infusionsoft. And Infusionsoft is a good, great software. That's another, again, that's another software that you really have. It's just all these parts, and you have to have somebody that really knows their stuff that can code and put all that together and make it function properly. It's not something where an average person could just go in there and do. It's not, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, I, 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 I'm sort of finding that out uh, right now with building that website. Yeah, like uh, you, you can sort of tell like right off the bat with Shopify is if it's a Shopify website because the layout sort of the always kind of same the way the layouts yeah. are. Yeah, like the templates and layouts. Like I can get on a website. Oh, that's a Shopify website. Yeah. So. You yeah, and, and, and like and like you were saying, you're targeting a more high level consumer, so you need to have more intricate stuff for your website and more a much more appealing website for your consumer uh, than yeah. sort of just the basic, uh, which I actually really like. So uh, I, I know we're coming to the close to the end here. Uh, I, I just want to ask you. Yeah. Uh, so what, how has sort of COVID affected your business? I, I know that you know for e-commerce, it has absolutely done amazing things for the e-commerce world for people that are you know that are in that sort of business side. That because everything's shifted from people going to the store and now buying online, everything pretty much. Well, yeah, because behavior. What they've they, the statistics that I read were that I uh, and I there was a good podcast I listened to by uh, John or I can't pronounce the last name, but he was the CEO of Good Food, and I follow him and. I love what Good Food does and out of the meal kit companies. I really just, I think they're so, just so on point for meal kit. And he uh, gave some statistics that were like, Canadian consumers shop online for, it was like pre-COVID, it was like 2%. So he was giving like what their revenues are compared to what the grocery store wrote like as a whole in Canada. And I was like, whoa, I didn't realize it was so much, so much bigger than like, they're not even really touching on completely on the whole market, you know? and it was two percent. Now I, they're saying it's it's progressed what it would in you know in this short amount of time in a couple months, almost ten years. And now consumers are shopping online. You're looking at you know over ten to fourteen percent of people, Canadian consumers, are shopping online for their groceries or some sort of food products. And I might be wrong on that, but that's where I, the last couple things that I've read. And so. To backtrack a little bit, that has really benefited our business in that way. But also, for me personally, like I had said, we were really trying to compete at that race to the bottom model, and I was trying to emulate what all these other companies were doing. And at the advice of my team and others, they kept saying, "Quit doing that. Quit running sales all the time. Quit trying to catch that customer." And uh, when COVID hit, I but every took everything off sale, didn't run any sales, and brought in a whole new type of customer. And then I listened to another podcast by this guy that I follow that's amazing in e-commerce. Guy Joshua Snow, and he run he has a brand, Snow, which they're massive in the US for like dental products like the mouth guard. And you can buy those at uh, for a low price. Going in Walmart and buy a similar product and stuff, but their product is like a hundred dollars compared to those products are $30, but he talked about, I was like, well, how do you do that? How do you compete? And he was like, he mentioned something about being bottom of the funnel and top of the funnel. And it was like light bulb went off. And I'm like, that's where I need to be. Like, I'm not going to compete with that. So COVID allowed me to get out of that mindset and I haven't went back. 
And there's been times where I'm going or like I'm looking at my, we have our app on our phone, it tracks our sales and send, I can see all the data through our WooCommerce app and I'm like, oh man, it's gonna start off slow this week. And it's like, I'm like, maybe I need to run a sale or, and like, no, I, I just don't do that anymore. Like we're, we've gotten to this whole model where we're offering through email marketing, which is so effective, uh, we're offering special offers on products. So we'll, our producers will come to us with a really high quality product from a farm that they had bought a lot of raw material. They had it for another customer, say in Toronto, that customer backed out. It's a great product. There's nothing wrong with it. They need to move it. So they offer us a deal on it. And then I offer that to the customer, you know, at a discounted price. It's not sale. This is just a, here's a special offer on this. And we have a limited amount of that. And we send that out through our email marketing. And it's great because we have a minimum order on our website. And so it drives people to the website to purchase that product. And then they shop for the other products. And it's like, it's only, it benefits the customer because they're still getting a deal on it. And they are, it's not a deception. Like they're still like, we're passing it savings along, but it's only a 5% in margins for us either. Like between our regular price markup on stuff and that special offer. So we've been doing that like all like kind of after COVID and it's just really worked out. Like, so I'm always finding new products to feature and, and offer special offers and yeah we're still going to run sales we're still going to we're going to i got a plan for black friday we're going to blow out like my i want to do like fifty thousand revenue in a couple days and like that's my goal like just something massive and crazy <laughs> like blow out my whole we got 20 pallets of freezer space full of product that i can hold so i want to i'm going to load it up and we're going to blow it out like wow but wow. i want it to be more like that you know how like nordstrom operates i don't know if you know anything about nordstrom they do like a half yearly sale and they do little quarter things but they're nordstrom they're not they know their prices are higher, but the quality and the service and what they've been going to known for, that's what they, that's their brand, right? And they are, they are what they represent, you know, the kind of products that you can get there, the kind of clothing or shoes or, you know, women's clothing, men's clothing, and then the service that goes along with that. You know, it's not as much here present in Canada, but in the U.S., that's kind of like that retailer has been known for that for years, you know, and there's other retailers like that where that experience that goes along with that and the quality and stuff, you pay for that, right? Like, so, and then yeah. people get excited when you have a half yearly sale because they're like, then that's when everybody like, gets really excited because they're, you know, they're like, wow, this is the opportunity to get all this and we can do it. You know, it's like, that's when you, you'll make a bunch of money, but it doesn't really matter. It's not really, it's more of a uh, giving back to your customers. Like, you know, and we do things with that too, where if you order some, every fourth order, we send out an automated coupon to, hey, thank you so much. Here's a $20 off coupon for, for you, you know, because we appreciate it. We do that on every fourth order that we send that out. So, you know. Okay, awesome. Awesome. So I, I, I know we're coming to the end here. That, 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 that's absolutely amazing. Um, I know I talk a lot, Max, so you got me going. And... <laughs> no, no, I, I, I love it. That, that's what I love. I, I love when people just start explaining their business and what they're doing and everything like that. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so actually I sort of want to talk to you about like, I know you have that black Friday uh, sale that sort of, that's sort of in the projects and the works right now that you want to do uh, a lot of amazing stuff with. Uh, so what are your sort of future goals with the company? Is it sort of expanding, uh, your sort of, uh, customer acquisitions within Ottawa and, you know, opening a base in sort of Toronto? Well, what are your sort of future goals and what, what's going to be happening with the company? So my current goal, and we've been kind of sitting on this for a while, I just been kind of coasting, but you can't really do that as a business for too long is that. I think the, we're, we're already in talks with our, our producer, one of our main producer that packages and cuts and packages like 90% of our products that in Toronto, 
and we're going to open there. That's going to be the next, uh, that's the next plan, like is to get into that market, continue to build up our Ottawa base and uh, continue to service our customers in Montreal on Saturdays. I don't see us going into Montreal and setting something up. There's, that's a whole nother conversation on why that that might be difficult. And, and then continue to service, you know, Northern Shopper. We, we do a ton of business up there concerning the population, but service none of it through Northern Shopper. And uh, that has grown every year too, but uh, it's just the next move, big move is to go to Toronto, open up there. We're gonna, we're gonna put together a little, couple little test markets and get that functionality going and work out any kinks and then we're gonna scale that up. And then my goal, uh, I'd say I can probably stay this, in this business for another year unless something somebody comes to me and says, here, I'm gonna give you X amount of dollars, which I have in my mind, is to eventually sell the business in a year and then I want to start out I really am already thinking about other businesses that are less logistic challenging for scalability now that I've kind of had this built up my knowledge of e-commerce and like this is why certain people run certain businesses because the scalability is so much easier it's like if you can take a product throw it in a box not have to worry about where it's refrigerator frozen and ship it all across Canada that's the kind of product that you want. Like, so that comes to a question you were going to ask about, like if somebody's starting out, you know, one, I would take, if somebody wants to start out an e-commerce business, I would look at businesses that are easy to scale, you know, that you can, you don't have to worry about one, the product is easy to access. You can, you have to think about that product. If that producer you're going to get that product from is easy to scale, like that they have room to move that you can, they'll start out with you, they'll work with you, you find somebody that will work with you, and that you're, there's room to grow, and two, something that's easy to throw on a box and ship all over Canada without a lot of problems, and, you know, and then the other stuff is just easy, like, you know, you have to get good teams and good systems in place, you know, and that takes some time too, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't start out with trying to, I'm going to raise all this money unless you really know what you're doing and you got some really smart people, I would bootstrap the business. I would just start with something simple, good brand, think of a good brand, think of a way to, you know, that I think of the, you know, you get your packaging in line, your product in line, and then just work with a, you know, base level team that knows a little bit about Facebook marketing and Google ads and they don't have to be like super pros just, but somebody that will do the job correctly. And you know, that's it. You can get started with a bit like, in, like you said, like you can start a Shopify website. It's easy. It doesn't cost a lot to do that, you know, and then just maximize leverage all the different outlets to do that from email marketing to Facebook to Google ads to, you know, depending on your business and what it is. So, you know, there's not a lot of hurdles with that anymore and they're making it easier and easier and it's going to get, keep getting easier. Like it's going to be so easy to do stuff. Like they're going to be coming out with no code products and stuff like that too. They're going to be like softwares that's where it's headed, like to where it doesn't, everything's out of the box, right? It would make sense for businesses to do that if you're selling a software or selling a program right now, that where it, it, it's a no code type product, right? Because you're gonna get more consumers. There's not gonna be where I gotta be as a consumer, find somebody that's gonna be able to, have to bring that, you know, to life for me. So, you know, so that's where, you know, I see that uh, I kind of rambled, I got off there, but I think that's, that's what I see as far as like to close with, uh, is that if you're going to start out a new business, I would just start small, start with something you can grow. You can 
you can fall because you're going to like I've fallen so many times and I make it I've made some really dumb decisions cost me a lot of money but you know I just kept going because I knew that there was something there and you just you got to keep going you know and I and I wouldn't try to replicate other businesses of what they're doing other than their systems but don't try to be the next HelloFresh or Good Food or anything like that like I don't think that that's you know you're not going to compete in that state space you just won't at this point so yeah. there's certain markets that are sat, totally saturated in e-commerce that I wouldn't yeah. So I have an idea for something that kind of is modeled after what Carnivore Club's doing and they're in the US and Canada as far as nutritional. You know, like I said, I'm really into niche market products and I thought, you know, this would be so cool. I'll share this. I don't care if somebody else wants to do this. And I thought and call it artisan made and be it's all different products. It could be a beef jerky or a honey or what whatever, you know, artisan made food products that are don't require refrigeration, don't require uh, don't require, you know, to be frozen or any of that, you know, or on a limited basis and you can ship all over Canada and, you know, have a, have a box that gets sent out monthly. That's Canadian artisan made, you know, that you pull from all these different artisan producers and there's a ton of them and you see them all the time. They don't know how to market anything. They got great products. They got really cool branding or you could help them with their branding, but we could be a company that comes and said, Hey, listen, you have a great product. Let us help you with your branding. Let, me, let us bring it to market but you're going to have to sell it through our funnel, you know, to do it, you know? So that's kind of where I see that would be a great thing to do in the future. So something similar like that. And something uh, to ship all over Canada, you know, and market all over Canada. So. Yeah, well, yeah. T t t thank you for that. That, that. that was some great advice. That, that, that's absolutely amazing. Uh, and, and yeah, I hundred percent agree with you again on that uh, is with um, like you were saying is pick something that when you're first starting out, it is something that uh, is easy to sort of scale. Like, like you were saying, uh, so uh, I know we're coming to the end here. Uh, where can people actually find out uh, more about your company, uh, what you're doing? And let's say if they're looking to actually get some of this like high quality cut uh, meat delivered to them, where can they go to find that as well? So really easy. Our website is farm to fork uh, delivery.ca. And then all of our social media handles where we heavily, we are on there every day on Instagram and on Facebook. And it's farm to fork delivery on Facebook and at, you know, at the farm to fork delivery on Instagram, really simple. So, and we're really, we engage every day on there with customers and we're always posting on there. So it's Facebook and Instagram. We're on Twitter too. We're not active on there, but we do post daily through our Instagram through there too. But our there, you can go there and you can ask questions and we're always up to answering those questions. And we're, yeah, like usually within a 10 minute response time and uh, or our website you know which is great our website is broken up into there's a producer packer page at the bottom you can click on there i always encourage people when i meet people on the field go there first find out where we who we work with click on those websites kind of get an idea what where everything's produced and what farms they come from and then there's the three different collections here's we have a naturally raised collection we have a cut above collection and then we have our seafood collection you know, and that's where you're going to find different products that people are looking for that, but they all cross over too within that arena. That's niche market, top of the funnel, premium. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, th th thank, thank you for coming on the show again. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing having you on and hearing your story about, uh, you know, your company farm to fork and uh, what you guys are doing out there in the food industry. Um, but yes, yeah, th thank you again for, for coming on. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it, Max. And hopefully your audience will, will gain something out of this. So I, you know, 
sometimes I ramble, but hopefully, hopefully it'll be something that you're able to gain out of it too. That's my hope. So yeah, awesome.